Thaddeus Ellenberg presents Casual Friday Written and read by Thaddeus Ellenberg Written in the Stars If winter is the season to be merry, and summer is the season for love, when is the season for misery? When is the season for sorrow? Or the season for heartbreak? A recent study from Brown University suggests somewhere around the third week in September. So mark your calendars, you unlucky ones. Of course, there really is no optimal time to have your emotional entrails strung out in the immediate wake of a breakup, or the parking lot of a casual dining restaurant, particularly one surrounded by so many nail salons and hobby shops and consisting of mostly vehicles with dually wheels and opinionated back windows, as well as tow hitches with genitalia. But how did things get to this low point? Was it a question of a lack of chemistry? It certainly couldn't have been algebra. Or was it a problem with shared interest, religion, children? Was there no love? But what is love? I tell you what, answer that one and you've got a million dollar idea. Don't answer it and you'll have an idea roughly worth the income of a single sad and lonely person. People fall in and out of love daily, sometimes twice a day, you know, if it's particularly sunny out and you want to make the most of it. But why does love sometimes fail? That is, the chemical reaction we perceive as love, the rearrangement of molecules and ions that cause us to view five years in an animal and mold-filled studio apartment with a practical stranger and an unidentified drip through rose-colored glasses. Why is it not the constant we, car commercials and investment groups, make it out to be? What's the key to a long-running and truly happy relationship? To answer these questions, and a whole lot less, we needn't look further than the stars. Millions of people put a great deal of stock in astrology, some of which are surprisingly coherent. It's true. Why even most skeptics have a hard time ignoring an accurate horoscope, or the chest of your friend's roommate that's into tarot. Call it coincidence or generalizations that apply to the human condition or the aforementioned horniness, there's something to be said for the public's interest in celestial divination and its uncanny accuracy. For thousands of years, whether forecasting the future or the weather, humans have gathered insight into their lives and lifestyles through the observation of astronomical bodies in the sky and their orbital revolution and rotation, which is like a tiny little spinning party within a party that exclusive booth in the corner of the club that's the envy of every Instagrammer. The stars and planets and their moons and their relative positions have paved the planetary way for a myriad of predicting practices, most notably the calendrical system and horoscope astrology, a visual representation pertaining to the angles of said revolving bodies and the birth of an individual. By now, you've probably figured out where I'm going with all this. In that case, go on ahead of me and let my dog out. I want to peruse the picture books. That's right, folks, the Zodiac, an area of the sky where specifically the position and path of the sun and moon and other pedestrian planetary bodies are charted over the course of a calendar year, with a recognized two weeks vacation and five sick days, which unfortunately don't roll over. The Zodiac is divided into 12 signs, the Nina, the Penta, and the Santa Maria repeated four times, each consisting of 30 degrees of celestial longitude, ranging, obviously, from zero to 360, with the first astrological sign, Aries, starting at degree zero and marking the vernal equinox. 
Each sign also contains a meaning and symbol, an element, a ruling planet, color, day of the week, flower, and a whole bunch of other stuff that's just impossible to make funny. And most importantly, now that the crash course is out of the way, the whole reason we've gathered here in the first place, a sign's compatibility with another sign, love on a cosmic level. So in the interest of word count and wasting valuable tender time, we'll forgo listing all the signs now and instead dive right in. As I mentioned a moment ago, in case you missed it, courtesy of the Columbus multiplication bit, the zodiac that we've all come to know and love, mainly out of dating survival, begins as the sun shines brightly through the constellation Aries. Born in the span of March 20th and April 19th, Aries is a natural-born leader, which will certainly clear up confusion on the dance floor, as well as keep things on track in the bedroom. That is, if you don't mind a frank and controlling lover that may refer you to a PowerPoint presentation of positions, which they created in the five minutes between back-to-back meetings and volunteering to head yet another project they themselves brought to the attention of the team, a team they're surely the director of. Aries is most compatible with Leo. With the same ruling planet of Mars and the same element of fire, Aries and Leo are a red-hot match that will have a hard time sitting still unless they're involved in a particularly adventurous sex act consisting of a bullwhip and the balancing of wooden chairs end on it, which will undoubtedly call for absolute steadiness. Leo the Lion will call this act the Three-Ring Cunnilingus. You'll get there or die trying. Their forthright language, their stick though sometimes resulting in a flare-up of TMJ, and their aversion to idleness is the glue that binds Aries and Leo. Unfortunately, their unending fun paraded on social media will sicken most other couples, especially the ones that have been talking about having a baby for the past eight years. Furthermore, singles scrolling well into the night, a night that most likely started around 6pm, will be hit the hardest, as they unconvincingly claim that the constant display of recreation and amusement had by Aries and Leo looks as exhausting as their perky faces and stupid smiles. Next in line is Taurus, meaning the bull whose symbol looks like the obvious circle with horns, or a promise ring tied to the bottom portion of a black artificial leather necklace worn by an 8th grader dressed almost entirely in jersey. Even more sickening than the show put on by Aries and Leo, the observed love between Taurus and their most compatible sign, Cancer, will certainly cause a complete boycott of romantic comedies by single folks, if not a bonfire of DVDs on one's front lawn. That is, of course, if Taurus and Cancer's soul-crushing soulmate Bond hasn't already sent the, in all likelihood, unlovable, into an arms-flailing, hate-filled downward spiral ending in drawn blinds, piling takeout containers, and extended periods of cheek-to-carpet contact. Empirical and typically a homebody, with a birthday falling in between April 19th and May 20th, Taurus is stable, yet stubborn, and calls to mind an image of someone tirelessly pushing on a large immovable cow. Like Taurus, Cancer is loyal and family-oriented, and prefers planting themselves at home rather than going out to socialize, at, say, a three-day music festival with ragweed and an unsettling toilet-to-attendee ratio. Not to mention their likely reluctance to shell out 400 bucks for the experience, which speaks to their frugalness and quite possibly their overall sense. Though I can't say for sure, I haven't seen the lineup. These homey and nurturing characteristics support both signs in their innate pursuit to create a cute little world of their own, a world comprised of love and sentimentality with the questionable healthy hoarding of not just pictures, but every baby tooth, toenail clipping, macaroni craft, love note, police citation, and frozen poppy petal from their days of courting that surely fill their freezer. 
Continuing along the ecliptic, extending through the 60th degree, is Gemini. A conversationalist at heart, an admirer of words and the romance of language, Gemini is a talker, but a restrained one when compared to some of the more extroverted signs. Thankfully for those into dirty talk, this chatty trait of Gemini can turn sultry in a heartbeat, or a skipped heartbeat for that matter, and will surely carry weight in the bedroom, if not before, say with a saucy text in the company of family, or a suggestive scrabble play, also in the company of family. Preferably a word with a J or a Z and landing on a triple as Gemini also exhibits a mild competitive spirit, which too carries weight in the bedroom. The best sign to pair with this intellectual and enlightened trip is the similarly bright Libra. Hours will fall off the clock when these two engage in stimulating conversation, which may include a range of fascinating topics from philotactic spirals in native southwestern flora and spiritual metaphysics as it applies to inner awareness to late 19th century studies in linguistics and intelligent breakfast cereals. The only thing to drive a wedge between these two is their indecisiveness and Gemini's possible curiosity regarding said indecisiveness, which they'll continue to expound on for several hours or until Libra loses interest and tries to order a pizza from the same restaurant that's been closed for four years. Next up is our first water sign, the complex and seemingly temperamental, especially when confronted with a tasteless yo mama joke, unless it's particularly creative, Cancer. From a brief examination of Taurus, we know Cancer is home-based in nature and finds fulfillment in helping others, specifically loved ones. That is, unless said loved ones test their loyalty, in which case, Cancer's moon ruler will cause a werewolf-like transformation that will surely make the Hulk look like a kiwi fruit globule. Which is an adorable analogy if you imagine a kiwi's cute little hairy skin. In pursuit of varying cosmic couples and the excuse to continue my exhibition of dense prose, which is the literary equivalent of an action film with a bunch of quick cuts and a storyline that fizzles out after the sex scene, Cancer can also enjoy a lovely night in with Virgo. That is, if Taurus doesn't find out. If that happens, then you can kiss those finger paintings on the fridge goodbye. Cancer and Virgo thrive in their ability to communicate. This is their foundation, and when mixed with Virgo's awareness of Cancer's volatile tendencies and their understanding of one another's emotional needs, it's nothing short of pure harmony. That is, unless Virgo can't take Cancer's yes for an answer and becomes overly sensitive and smothers Cancer with insistent are you okay is over and over, then the whole melody is going to sound like crap. And don't expect for a second that sex with Cancer is mechanical or passionless, given their seemingly reserved surface. Sex with Cancer isn't sex at all, but more lovemaking, and is such a powerful and emotionally intense experience, Virgo would be well advised to bring an extra box of tissues. That is, for the crying, of course. The fifth astrological sign in the chart, with a birthday between July 22nd and August 22nd, is the fixed sign of Leo, which refers to the sign's quality and not their inability to procreate, a mix-up that caused quite the bother within the late 18th century American dating scene. Contrary to colonial error, Leo, as mentioned earlier, is all about imagination and death-defying feats in the bedroom. In addition, they're experts in the art of making love to themselves in the mirror, specifically the big one hanging over their bed. Besides Aries, Leo will also find a lively, hip-swinging potential soulmate in Sagittarius, which sounds like a kind of jailbait for dinosaurs. 
These two are an impulsive and frisky pair that win the astrological award for most likely to quit their jobs in an over-the-top fashion and spend the entirety of their savings on a soul-searching, relationship-strengthening road trip through Central and South America, only to find themselves penniless and five days without shower, bedding down behind a Costa Rican car rental service in the back of a panelless 84 Volvo wagon on cinder blocks, after being conned by a fellow hard-parting, carefree couple named Ravi and Zana. Sagittarius will surely take this opportunity to speak their mind, and quite possibly blame Leo, not just for their current predicament, but for the trip altogether. This high may very well fuel a rant of honesty from Sagittarius that will bounce right off Leo. That is, everything but the criticism from the bedroom. Particularly Leo's poor giving-to-taking ratio, as well as their obnoxious glances over Sagittarius' shoulder to get a better look at themselves in the mirror. Surpassing the 150th degree, rounding out the front stretch and turns one and two, is Virgo, the zodiac stickler for perfection and efficiency, which they'll continually claim is to benefit others. A reasonable and fairly accurate explanation, until they freeze in horror after you misuse a semicolon or develop a facial tick watching you cut peppers. Known as the virgin maiden with an affection for wheat because of their purity, love doesn't come easy for Virgo unless there is a beach house in the mix or a zucchini in the trousers, in which case it comes twice a day and three times on Sunday. Or not at all if they've had too much to drink or find themselves distracted by the painful remembrance of a past lover, or experience an inability to concentrate due to the sidewalk commotion of two drunken tech bros in an unspecified competition to see who can sing Smash Mouth the loudest. Their dating pitfalls are mainly attributed to their perceived pickiness or reluctance to bend. That being said, Compromise is crucial for Virgo, and the sign most willing to put up with Virgo's love in the form of micromanagement is the optimistic Sagittarius, fresh off the cargo ship from their South American disaster. At first glance, Sagittarius's spontaneity and want for fun may, more often than not, conflict with Virgo's prearranged work schedule, but together their openness and the previously mentioned willingness to find a middle ground, or at least an enticing trade, preferably one involving oils and a saddle, will take Virgo and Sagittarius far. Luckily, the desire and quest for entertainment that Sagittarius exhibits, the mild-mannered, almost shy Virgo, has a sexual appetite that's just impossible to satisfy. An appetite suited for a sort of erotic all-you-can-eat buffet. That is, a fully stocked erotic buffet and not one, say, moments after the high school across the street lets out. Next up, just in time for the fall equinox and everything pumpkin, is the cardinal sign of Libra, the walking personification of balance. That is, unless there's a fanny pack at play, specifically one casually off to the side, as opposed to the formal black, straight on. With a scale as their symbol, there's no denying Libra's capacity for harmony and justice. Libra excels in social skills and loves to question everything, which couples beautifully with the unorthodox thinker Aquarius. This is another one of those fun-loving, happy-go-lucky matches that's sure to incite jealousy and long-term obesity with the aid of alcohol and excess carbs among single people, aka people that won't let their waiter clear the second place setting because their friend is stuck in traffic and will be along any minute. Additionally, Libra and Aquarius both want nothing short of the relationship trifecta, a partner, a lover, and a best friend. That is, one standing on two legs, not four. Insert doggy style pun. Insert insert pun. 
This relationship checklist and playful language is a display of not only the idealistic tendencies of Libra and Aquarius, but also their lighthearted sex life, which contains an A to Z list of acts and positions that are undoubtedly being performed with an accompaniment of giggles and persistent snorts. Role-playing is big with these two, especially the dress-up part, and can sometimes overshadow the actual sex. Hoop skirts and bloomers, fishnets and leather, not to mention a host of fun outfits for women. Though problems within this union may occur if Libra becomes too overbearing and simply can't chill the F out, at which point space is the best thing for both sides. That or a cute little lace number with bows and a sensible stiletto. Spanning the 210th to 240th degree of the zodiac is the 8th astrological sign, Scorpio. From the constellation Scorpius, the name given to the giant scorpion sent by the Greek deity Gaia to kill Orion, even though most scholars believe Orion was killed accidentally when he got his head stuck in his bow and slipped on the constellation Creamy Peanut Butter. Scorpio lives in a black and white world of extremes that sometimes tilts in the direction of the playfully nefarious. Something either is or isn't with Scorpio, and there's rarely a state of in-between. These traits, mixed with a memory that would show up an elephant with a tape recorder, make Scorpio a mysterious force to be reckoned with, and certainly one not to be crossed. And who better to be a loyal and emotionally supportive companion with a proclivity for vengefulness than cancer? Trust is the key in this relationship. Trust and separate bedrooms. Or at the very least, headphones. Though Scorpio and Cancer would be wise to supply those separate bedrooms with adjoining door, as this is a couple brimming with lust. Their fiery fervor and deep emotion is a display that comfortably rivals the energetic prowess of a ten-year-old boy home alone with a couch cushion. This couple makes mating rabbits look like frayed house slippers lying on top of each other. Sadly though, with pent-up passion courtesy of conflicting schedules, or the results of their shared love for chili and corn chips, the romance between Scorpio and Cancer can over time begin to exhibit ups and downs, similar to an EKG of a geriatric and an orgy of supermodels. Continuing our exploration of love in the cosmos and book sales for the lonely, a sign that we're quite familiar with by now, the Sun transits the constellation Sagittarius between November 22nd and December 21st. Known as the Centaur Archer, with a bow and arrow symbol that looks like some unknown gender I'd like to spend a long weekend with, Sagittarius is spontaneous and probably chose the spiral in that which of these five symbols do you find most pleasing test, first year psych majors whip out at parties after everyone is good and tipsy and sitting in a circle in the kitchen. Sagittarius pairs well with most active and intrepid signs, but it's Aries that has the stamina most suited for Sagittarius and their impulsiveness, which could very easily take on the form of a 1,600-mile, two-day drive to the Grand Canyon with a five-hour Navajo weaving workshop sprung on the spur of the moment. Or a late-night impromptu skinny-dipping session in a Roman fountain after cleaning out the liquor cabinet of their Airbnb host. Even though they bought a bottle as a thank you, but ended up drinking it after they were released by the Policia. Sagittarius and Aries serve as a guiding light for one another, offering an unending source of peerless inspiration and childlike curiosity, which will become quite evident in the midst of that weaving workshop, that is if it doesn't turn competitive, a characteristic both of these signs possess. Thankfully though, both fire signs, Sagittarius and Aries will find a love affair that sizzles like teppanyaki and has more unexpected changes in direction than a local cab driver shuttling tourists. The tenth sign in our study, with the birthday landing between December 21st and January 20th, is Capricorn. 
a sign belonging to the Earth element, an element that's connected to introversion, like water, Capricorn is ruled by Saturn, which is associated with focus and awareness. This speaks a great deal to Capricorn's logic and practicality, a far cry from the sign symbol, the sea goat, the most confused and uninspired creature in all of mythology. Like some half-evolved prehistoric sea bass that wandered out of the water, saw grass and mountains, and went goat. Capricorn favors structure, organization, and of course planning, all traits linked to a particular way of life that only another Capricorn could endure. That's right, it's sea goat on sea goat action. On their own, these cosmic sweethearts are tough to interpret and take a great deal of time before they're comfortable opening up. This understanding of one another's recitant essence makes Capricorn and Capricorn a perfect match, able to go at their own pace, or until their hips cramp up. And though passionate in the bedroom, after reaching speed, so to speak, the proverbial zero to 60, however, is achieved in a leisurely, sometimes swerving fashion. So it's safe to say you'll unlikely find a supermarket romance paperback with a cover showing off a gorgeous-chested, golden-haired he-man dripping with sexuality entitled The Capricorn Seduction. But where they lack in coordination and possibly aim, they make up for an undying devotion, unless their partner is persistently late and never with a good excuse. Between January 20th and February 18th, the sun enters the zodiac's oldest constellation, Aquarius. Known in Latin as the water carrier, this intelligent and inventive sign considers the brain to be the sexiest organ, but not necessarily the most fun. A libertarian at heart, but with a regard for serving sizes, Aquarius is the forward thinker of the zodiac, an innovator and non-conformist, and not the ostentatious kind that's likely to avoid hallways or leave a room through the window, or for that matter, use the phrase, I'm a non-conformist. For Aquarius to fall head over heels or loafers in love, they need a like-minded, equally inquisitive, and broad-minded sign with a tolerance for Molly. This honor goes to the colorful and similarly unflappable in the face of the universe's unending kicks to the growing, Gemini. We remember Gemini from earlier as the one with the filthy mouth and spiritual aspirations. This pair is perfect for each other in almost every way. Two brilliant minds spending their days explicating the existential correlation between mind, body, and soul, and doing so through clever and explicit language. And I mean like really vulgar stuff. And though this wondrous duo may need the occasional break from one another, as well as a good reality check and possibly a physical, they'll be eager to return to each other when they realize that no one else can match their enthusiasm for both the beautiful and the ugly sides of the human condition. That being said, what others would categorize as ugly, life's terrible and painful experiences, not unlike watching a Shriners parade from start to finish, Aquarius and Gemini would call beautiful and go on as far as to label it growth. And where their shared willingness to accept new ideas gets really fun is in, of course, the bedroom. Together, the nightstands of these two will undoubtedly be holding a medley of lubricants, pleasure toys, and a 50-pack of double A's. Neighbors of Aquarius and Gemini will think this couple is constantly on the electric toothbrush. So it goes without saying, for Aquarius men and women, and for Gemini men and women, don't assume who will be using what on who and where. Everything is fair game with this permissive pair. And last, but certainly not least, mainly due to the fact that this is your author's sign, while at the same time quite possibly serving as the principal reason for its lack of mention until now, a statement that truly represents this sign's unwavering love-hate relationship with itself, Pisces. 
With a constantly disappointing birthday between February 18th and March 20th, Pisces is the delicate, emotional, though they prefer the word passionate, butterfly of the zodiac. Pisces is a dreamer, consumed by inspiration, creativity, and wool gathering, as well as a couple of other archaic terms. With a susceptibility to mood swings, it's only natural that Scorpio would calm the unease of the fanciful Pisces, and do so after coming into view unexpectedly over the horizon, backdropped with a brilliantly pristine sky, and maybe a UFO. Pisces and Scorpio is another one of those rare, magical twosomes that strike envy among the superficially bonded and therefore non-celestial matched couples. With heads and hearts finely tuned for escapism and constant displays of repulsive vulnerability, this pair connects on the deepest of levels and are enamored by one another's almost supernatural insight into their partner. Individually, Pisces and Scorpio may easily be the most unusual people you know, like your sister's high school boyfriend who wore a poncho every day of summer break and was always asking you for a glass of tepid tap water from the unfinished bathroom in the basement. But together, in each other's eyes, they're the only other person on the planet. Pisces and Scorpio are joined by the unconventional and value no win their partner's intensity and secret desire for despondency. Between the sheets, these two put on a sensual and zealous display that has all the hallmarks of a tender and tremor-filled Nicholas Sparks love scene, or more appropriately, the true and steadfast love between a chubby man and a basket of hot wings. And so there you have it. The constellations have spoken, wedding bells have rung and boots have been knocked. Twelve perfect couples written the stars and destined to live happily ever after unless their work spouse turns out to be so much more down-to-earth. production of Thaddeus Ellenberg's Casual Friday. Written and read by Thaddeus Ellenberg. With an introduction by Nicole Kalasich and artwork by Adrian Lobel. This series is independently produced by Thaddeus Ellenberg and Will Scoville. To find more episodes and information, visit our website at casualfridaypodcast.org or email us at contact.casualfriday at gmail.com.